Right then. Right, shall we get stuck in? That's a bit close to you actually, well I'll just pull that over a bit. You are taking the mickey. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got In Stereo by Bananarama. This is number three on our albums of the year, and it's quite a uh, different album to the first two that we've talked about. It is, yeah, but it is, they are all fantastic electronic pop masterpieces of the year and this fully deserves to be where it is it's very juxtaposed to friendly fires and mark ronson but this is such a brilliant pure pop fun pop album um and as you know if you're a regular listener we are big fans of the girls hello Hello, ladies bananarama are a duo formerly a trio uh not the chocolate bar um (laughs) lovely I want a trio and I want one now. Uh, and they, as, as a duo, they've continued to have success um, with uh, quite a bit of work as a duo now. I mean, they've been a duo for much longer than they ever were a trio, haven't they? Mm. And they released a number of albums as well since then, including most recently, obviously, In Stereo, which was all that day, but before that, we had Viva. Uh, drama, which we have talked about previously on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the more modern wave of albums they've had. But, of course, there was a decade-long gap between this album and Viva. What the hell were they doing? Uh, they were having a great time. They were. They toured. Obviously, they got back together as a three, as a trio. With Siobhan. And did a wonderful tour, which we went to. We went to see that. It was fantastic. Uh, and we've seen them since, uh, together at Glastonbury. And... I was lucky enough, sadly you couldn't be there, I was lucky enough to see the sort of quite intimate tour to, to launch this In Stereo album where they did a bit of a Q&A as well and they are just, they're as hilarious as they are talented musicians. And I saw I'm not also, being sarcastic. <laughs> I also saw them at the Mighty Hoopla as well. Oh, likewise, yeah. And I saw them at Hyde Park. Wow. So it's not a competition, but, but I have seen them four times this year. Uh, but what a what a year for it to have been to be seeing Bananarama so many times live this yeah. year. It's never been a better year to be a Bananarama fan. Well, no. In fact, the last yeah, the last um, two or three years to be a Bananarama fan, you had the original lineup reunion, and you've got this fantastic new album. The intimate tour was fantastic. A live album that we'll probably get to talk about a little bit later. Um, and of course, they reissued a lot of their albums. Uh, and coloured vinyls and cassettes and then Viva and Drama had the reissue treatment earlier this year. For Record Store Day? Yes. And I didn't buy any of them. Me neither. Uh, but maybe if I'm lucky, Father Christmas may be smiling at me. Maybe. Or the girls, if you want to pop them in the post, we can let you know the address. Uh, and if you pop two in the post, then we might give one away as a competition. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Mm. Spread some Christmas cheer. Because we are now well into December. Yeah. You feeling festive yet? I mean, I've been feeling festive since uh, the end of October. So <laughs> I really do get in the spirit too early, some would say. Peak too soon. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. 
Happy holiday. Happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing. Happy holiday. No, I remember last year you did keep the Christmas energy going all the way through to uh, Good Friday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had a very impressive tree up uh, last year. Well, it was it was very bushy, but it was actually too bushy, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, I ended up having to tie wrap my baubles to it because... Oh, and they were well, just, some people like that, actually. Mind boggles. Um, <laughs> but they were secured. They were very, very tightly secured, yes, because the branches were quite limp towards the end. Right. So, let me just tell you a little bit about this then. So, Please. In Stereo, it's the 11th studio album from Bananarama. It was released on the 19th of April 2019 at my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Um, so, uh, make a note of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, yeah, like you say, their first album in 10 years. Uh, it did um, quite well. Got to number 29 in the album chart in the UK. Which I believe is their highest charting album for some time. I think since actually since the uh, original lineup were together. Uh, and spawned two singles as well. And before the two singles, there was, of course. A buzz track. Yes. So, should we get stuck in? Yes. So, side one, track one, this is Love in Stereo. Love in Stereo there, the lead song, or side one, track one. Oh, yes. What a cracking start to the album. Definitely is. It's just a, such a cool sound, isn't it? It really, obviously there's a reason for that that I'm sure we're going to go into in due course, but just comparing it to the previous album, Viva, um, with no disrespect to Viva whatsoever, but that had a very kind of uh, pop dance, almost Eurodance mm. sound. This has got a very sort of effortless, cool... It's a classy piece of pop, isn't it? It's classy. That's a wonderful word for it, actually. Uh, and let's just say it right there. Richard X, mm. co-writer and producer of this track. Friend of the podcast. Uh, very much so, actually. Mm. Um, and we had great... We certainly had a giggle talking about Richard X. Uh, and he enjoyed it as well. Yes, he loved it. Mm. He told us so. And um, also, the other thing to mention right up front is this was originally a song that was written, uh, co-written and recorded by, uh, well, they were MKS at the time. They're now the Sugar Babes again now. Yeah. It was Mutia, Keisha and Siobhan. Um, so Keisha and Siobhan were co-writers of this track and they are still credited as, as such Ka-ching. alongside Richard X and Hannah Robinson, uh, another name we've spoken about before. Uh, yes, I think, did she... Play a part in Rachel Stevens' album, am I right? Yes. Yeah, and a few others as well, I think. Maybe a bit of Kylie or Danny or something like that. Uh, and, you know, you can certainly, you know, the amount of pop uh, uh, pop expertise that's gone into this track mm. is very evident. Wouldn't it be great to hear a clip from the Sugar Babes version? Well, if we're lucky, we can't play it. We can't. It's because not... we don't, haven't heard it and don't own it. I've never heard it because it's not been officially released and you know what I'm like for the rubbles. 
Um, I have to say, uh, if I had to choose, if I hypothetically had to choose uh, a version, I would say um, I couldn't choose, actually. Right, rightfully so. Because I haven't heard the other one, obviously. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously not. But it does sound very much, obviously, Flatline was the only single that Mutti Kishan Siobhan released as Mutti Kishan Siobhan or MKS. Uh, and it, is, it does have that same sound, doesn't it? That kind of quite chilled, you said quite sophisticated, did you say, or mm. classy pop sound. This certainly does have that. You could well imagine this being the follow-up single to uh, Flatline. Uh, it did make me think, though, I would love to hear uh, more work with Richard X and Banana Rambles together. And if we're lucky, maybe, they the record, maybe they recorded some other tracks in the sessions for this album. Mm. Uh, they, uh, I reckon, hypothetically speaking, there are some equally banging, brilliantly written and produced pop songs on the ill-fated MKS debut album. Yeah. But we have got something coming from them next year, haven't they? Confirmed. They've done the Garage Classical thing, the Flowers cover. Um, they're going to be back next year. It's 20th anniversary, so we'll probably talk about them a little bit, I think, next year. That'd be nice. Mm. But yeah, this Love in Stereo, fantastic... Wonderful production, wonderful synths, quite vintage sounding, uh, and actually great vocals from Bananarama. I do love the woo in it. Mm. Uh, they certainly had a giggle performing this uh, live this summer. Track two now. This is dance music. <laughs> There's a lot of vocoder on that song. I thought Cher was a featured artist for a minute there. Oh, I imagine that. Cher and Bananarama. Oh, certainly an, an audience for that, I think. Similar in age. Mm. Uh, no, I no. think the girls would mind you saying That's that, actually. That's a huge joke. Mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, not a good one. So that was uh, the track two. That was, a, that was the buzz track mm. that was uh, released uh, when the album was announced. And that was my first, well, our first inkling that they even had new music coming yeah the hint of a tease and the, yeah the first new music from banana armor in a decade um or just under uh it was very exciting wasn't it uh we were a little bit giddy when we heard that yeah giddy kippers uh I th- was the track listing of the album announced at the same time i don't think so i think that i, I think the song came on its own at first mm. but it's um yeah, it was just great to hear what do what do Banana Rama sound like in 2019. It's again they're working with Ian Masterson uh, throughout this album, who they worked with on the previous two records, and it's just a great combination, isn't it? The the girls and Ian together really, you know, really um, know how to make a cracking pop tune. And this, uh, apart from the first track and another track coming up, all the other tracks on the album were co-written between the girls and Ian Masterson, who produced all but two of the tracks as well. And we've spoken about Ian Masterson, uh, well, the last time we spoke about um, Bananarama for a start, mm. uh, but also a few times. Yes, friend of the podcast. Uh, and he's got a wonderful back catalogue, or body of work, as I normally mm. say, uh, behind him as, as tracks that he's had a hand in. He certainly um, really had a hand in Danny Minogue. Yes. But this track itself... I love the chorus, the la la la, 
dance, music, it really does sound quintessentially Bananarama. It's just a wonderful simplicity to this whole song, isn't there? Mm. If you broke it down uh, lyrically... Lyrically, that's, that's, that's it. it. Yep, yep. It's one an episode now. You know, it's not, it, it's not poetry. It is a very... It's, it's kind of... It's, it's, the beats are quite simple and repetitive, and so are the lyrics, but that's no bad thing. It works as a dance song. Yeah, and it's the, I love the beat. It's kind of relentlessly kind of chugging through the track. Mm. Chugging's a new word. Chugging, chugging for the book. For the book, a chugging beat. Mm. And quite hypnotic, I thought, as well. Yes, yeah. Mm. I wonder whose vocals are vocoded. I wonder if it's one of the girls. I wonder if it's maybe Ian. Could be Ian. When I saw Ian, them... Ian, let us know, please. Yes, at Move to Trash UK. When I saw this live as part of the... Uh, intimate tour it was the, the gentleman on the keyboards doing that part wasn't that Ian Masterson no 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 no, no, no. don't think he plays live with them I think he was probably there having a lovely time pulling the strings uh, backstage yes uh, pouring the drinks backstage well I think the girls do like a drink if I'm being honest and so do we um, yeah quite right too what's I think hearing this I remember hearing this for the first time and thinking there was a bit of uh press around how Siobhan had said that she'd I think she'd wanted to get the girls back in the studio when they were a three piece again to make some more music together and it just and it didn't work out uh, which was a bit of a, you know to read that was a bit of a shame at the time but listening to this I can't imagine Siobhan being involved in fact listening to this whole album there's very few parts that I can imagine Siobhan being involved in at the same time hearing what she's now doing with Shakespeare's sister I, I can't really see it working at all uh, and actually, that's a great point. Um, they've moved on without wanting to send two cliches. It's quite cliched. Right. Track number three now. This is uh, what you said, Dan, after I'd set light to you. I'm on fire. <laughs> go ahead and say it will it's my favorite song on the album is it really it is it's great isn't it it's just got such a fantastic energy to it particularly when they go for the chorus it's like they've just they've put their foot to the floor and this is one again that live just really comes to life and you can see you can just see the passion that the girls uh, had for the new material when they were performing this one live. I, I imagine they still loved doing Venus and they still loved doing Cruel Summer, but they looked like they, they had the excitement of a brand new band out performing. I have to say, Dan, at Glastonbury, and I don't know if we mentioned this on the last Bananarama podcast episode, but when they were performing some of the newer songs at Glastonbury, it did feel like we were probably only a handful of people that were singing along. Yes, I think you're right, but... Um, Good for us. Well, I like Lucky that. It's part, like being part of a secret club. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, I bet the girls, when they introduce a new song, I bet they probably put in a little sassy line about time to go to the bar or whatever. They've got a good sense of humour, haven't they? Right, do you know what? I, Despite the number of times we've collectively seen them this year, I could quite happily, if they were doing a gig tonight, I'd quite happily go because they're... 100%. It's good. I mean, it's great. It's brilliant pop music. Plus, they are very sassy. Um, and I remember the sound problems at Glastonbury. Uh, they, they were just really weren't having any of it. 
Yeah, of course, Karen's in-ear monitors weren't working, were they? Mm. So she just ripped them out and, and did it without them. Um, which, again, just shows her her attitude. She just wanted to get on with it and get on with the gig. And, and it was an amazing gig. And it was the biggest crowd that the Avalon tent had all weekend. Rightfully so. Apparently they thought no one was going to turn up. Oh, girls. Come on, please. But no, I'm on fire. Brilliant, amazing soaring chorus. Uh, some great drums in there as well. Love the drums, yeah. Throughout the chorus is a sort of throughout. It's probably called a hi-hat, I think. Um, Was it a snare? Oh, no, a snare's a... I think. For for Christmas, I think we should get each other a book on actual instruments and actual musical terms. Um, Or I was going to thought you were going to say a drum kit each. Or a drum kit each, yeah. Like that new um, Argos advert. Oh, yes. Yeah, the Christmas ads are here. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of them this year? They are some good stuff, some not so good stuff. Isn't it all a little bit, say, very much of a muchness? I think I think a few years ago, John Lewis set the bar, and now even uh, their new one, I think, is great. But you know, even what can you do that's new, really? Well, I think they need a complete rethink on it next year. Mm. Maybe yeah. they could have uh, an advert and with a bit more upbeat with like playing like uh, that Fleur East song. Well, I think they did that a few years ago. <laughs> um, they should get Banana Rama on a Christmas advert. Yeah. Singing... Uh, Cruel Summer. Oh, Baby It's Christmas. Yes, of course. He did a Christmas song, yeah. That was the last single released before... And actually, Dan, I think we'd be remiss, considering it is December, if we didn't just drop it in there. So let's have a little bit of uh, Baby It's Christmas... Uh, a reasonably recent, well, I say reasonably recent. Decade was, old. Yeah, decade old. Reasonably recent banana rama Christmas song. So that was Baby's Christmas. It was released in 2010 um, as part of a digital EP and it got to our number 199, but it didn't have, it wasn't a physical release and it didn't have any uh, promotional support. Um, if you can find it, there are some almighty remixes as well. Oh, lovely. So, uh, For the office Christmas party. It was uh, written, co-written and produced with Sarah and Ian Masterson as well. Mm. No Karen on that one. No, she was uh, out doing our Christmas shopping. Oh, big shopper at Tesco. Yeah. So there's a little side diversion there. So back to in stereo then. And this is how you end up at the end of most recording sessions, Will. Intoxicated. Intoxicated there. Definitely an album track. Well, yeah, do you know what, actually? I was just going to say that about I'm On Fire. It's my favourite song, but it's definitely an album track. And as we always say, that is no bad thing. Sometimes the album tracks, or I should say, sometimes the non-singles 
or actually where they're a little bit more experimental, a little bit less trying to be radio-friendly, I suppose. But I think this is a great song. Again. I certainly would say that's very radio-friendly and not at all experimental. Let's agree to disagree. It's a lovely track. I love it. It's, the, uh, it's a great funk guitar. The vocals I really like on this one. They, they seem to take turns a bit more. Obviously, we're used to them singing in unison, you know, and, and often not really harmonising, just the same octave or key, perhaps. And I think just on those few occasions, it's nice just to hear them on their own or just to hear one focused a bit more than the other. But uh, yeah, great song, fun song, lovely electrical, ethereal, all the words. Uh, track number five now, this is Tonight. Need to feel you, need to be with you tonight. And I need you to believe in me tonight. Need to feel you, need to be with you tonight. And I need you to believe in me tonight. So tonight there, uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, it's not Ian Masterson on that one, it's on co-writing duties, it's somebody else. No, that is uh, Rod Thomas, who Dan, you'll probably know better as Bright Light, Bright Light. Of course, yes. A uh, Welsh uh, singer, songwriter, producer, remixer, who uh, has had uh, good success as, a, as, a, as an artist, Who's he's toured, he's supported, the likes of Scissor Sisters, Cher, Cher on the most recent been, European tour. Yeah. He's currently New York-based and recording new music at the moment. Um, but I love, I the I love this song. It's one of my favourites on the album. Very atmospheric, very bouncy. Also, I remember when this album came out, and uh, Rod himself seemed pretty chuffed that he'd gotten to work and produce and write with a four uh, and together uh, with Banana Rama. Mm, I wonder how that pairing came about. I wonder if it was if he reached out to them or vice versa, or just somebody thought they'd be a good fit. Because he has worked with a lot of other artists, hasn't he? I remember that the first time I heard about him was when he brought out that song. Is it called All in the Name or something like that? And it had on it Elton John, Animatronic, Kylie Minogue, you know, all these A-list names. Maybe not Anna. Um, She's A-list to us. Yes, I'm sure she would mind me saying that, actually. But I'd never heard of Bright Light, Bright Light. And I think he's he's got a lot of friends in the right places. But he just never quite seems to kind of get the success that clearly they think he deserves and and maybe that we think he deserves as well and actually dan in the spirit of that uh, let's have another track by track diversion off the track um and i just want to share my favorite bright light bright light song okay uh and this is uh, an open heart no more nothing comes to someone So there we go. A little bit of that for you. Well, it won't surprise you to hear me say that's right on my street, that sound. Well, and exactly when I suggested it as well. But just to give any listeners who've never heard Bright Light before, uh, that's the sort of thing you can expect. Um, really good. Perhaps we should cover a whole album. Perhaps we should. Not right now. Not right now. We're right up against it. All the way up till the end of the year now. 
Yeah, quickly, just going back to tonight. So I, I really like the vocals. are quite dreamy in that one, actually. Uh, I love that bit towards the end where it breaks down and it's just a vocal-only moment. Um, and also just want to point out that there is also a Bright Light, Bright Light remix of this song, isn't there? Yes, it was on the single release of Looking for Someone. Yes. And more about that in a minute. Okay, so track number six now. <laughs> and this is Looking for Someone. I'm just looking for someone. Looking for someone there. My favourite track on the album. Is it really? Yeah, it's interesting. Absolutely wonderful. Interesting you say that because for me this is the most similar in sound to I'm on Fire. It's got that got that hint of a rockier edge, I think, with the instrumentation there. Uh, I love this one as well. It's got an anthemic chorus, and this was the second single they released mm. off the album. And Radio Two absolutely played it to death. Thank goodness for Radio Two. Yeah. It's, yeah, just, just great energy. Again, I like that we get to hear the girls singing solo. Um, we get to hear their voices on their own, which is always fun. And just a wonderful sentiment to the lyrics. Time is ticking. Make the most of every minute. You And you do, don't you? I absolutely do, yeah. And this, uh, there's an extended version of this on the single release, alongside that uh, Bright Light remix of tonight. Um, and it's just lovely, because you just get a bit more juice yes. for your money. They, they were quite generous with the additional tracks on this... Uh, this project, weren't they? Yeah, you always get with Bananarama an extended version um, and some form of re- some form of remix action. Yeah, nothing as well. Nothing from Almighty this time round. No. Are they are they remixing at the minute? Oh, they've always got a load on the go, haven't they? I don't know actually. You, you know, years ago you had they'd remix any odd thing, weren't they? I remember they remixed um, Agneta from ABBA's sixties uh, cover version album. It's bonkers. But yeah, I can see why this was chosen as the single. It's just, you can just imagine this being on Radio 2 and not in, a, not in a, uh, an offensive way, no, sorry, not in a negative way, but it's kind of, it's inoffensive. You can't imagine anyone turning this off, can you? It's just very... Accessible. Accessible, yeah. And do you know what? I remember when we were driving back from Glastonbury, this came on in the car ah. and, I, and I messaged you and I said, uh, Bananarama, Radio 2 right now. And you said, I know we were list- you were listening to them as well. Yeah, and then I got pulled over by the police because I was driving when I texted you back. So, Oh, really? Well, yeah. it was worth it. It was. Cause, great. So I did ask them to just wait till the song's finished. <laughs> to to them. Did you do that kind of be quiet hand signal to them? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, what's that new one? Calm down. Calm down. Have you seen that video? No. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll pop that on later. A little treat for you. Or did you do a charity shop sue? Excuse me. How's it Excuse going? me, lady. <laughs> We're right up to speed with the pop culture references. Yes, we? we are, yeah. Oh, no. They won't be relevant, will they, when this comes out? No, they will, of course. <laughs> charity shop to- sue is timeless. Sue to. Yeah, we are recording this in August. <laughs> <laughs> so, track eight. No. He's still doing the sue Tuke impression. I know, I can't help it. I think I'm turning into her. Number seven, now Will, can you introduce this track for us please? This, track seven, this is Stuff Like That. Yeah, 
certainly had a boogie to stuff like oh, that. Oh, the disco's in town. Mm, the girls at the disco. They've been to the bingo, now they're off to the disco. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, featuring Noel Rogers. It does sound like it, doesn't it? In fact, have you read that over my shoulder, or did you... you no, did Nile? you write that down? Yeah, I wrote Noel Rogers Really? Down, yeah. uh, so just uh, great minds. Great minds. Make a shite. Um, it is very funky. It's very Nile Rogers, isn't it? I'd love to see, as well as we said before, it'd be great to see them working with... Uh, Richard Exxon, I'd be great to see them working with Nile Rogers. Lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. Oh, I know. Do I know what you're going to talk about? This, I'm not sure if this... Uh, I think you could have swapped it round and had Looking for Someone as the first single, and this is the second single. Hmm. A bit controversial. But both, I mean, Radio 2 lapped both of them up, didn't they? Um, but the other thing that I was going to say, which I think you're expecting me to say now, is... Uh, the 50 quid they had to make a video for this. <laughs> I thought that was directed by Christopher Nolan, this music video. <laughs> it's it's the girls having a giggle. Oh, they're having a great time, to be fair. In so. the uh, DFS repair room, I think. <laughs> Lots of fabric flying around, isn't there? Yeah. Um, there was another extended remix, of, or another extended version. If you enjoyed some of the disco, some of the guitars, some of the glittering sounds there, you get a lot more uh, bang for your book uh, in the extended version. And it is one that they, you know, obviously it was the lead single, so they love to perform this one live. So I've heard this track live four times this summer, and in no way is that depressing. Always a good laugh. Always a treat. Okay, track uh, number eight then. And Will, this is what I had to say to you when the boy from the corner shop broke your heart last week. <laughs> it's going to be all right. love the end of that song when he goes do 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 mm. and if we're lucky maybe that'll be the bit that editing fairies have put in oh that'd be nice but uh we might not be haven't heard about the editing fairies for a while have we no but they do uh they're quietly doing a good job mm. and i think we uh overinflated their sense of worth by talking about them too much they wanted more wages than the mcdonald's workers um that one with the hacking cough <laughs> sadly passed away oh but we yeah. did we did chip into their funeral kitty, didn't we? Some lovely sarnies for the wake. Mm. Anyway, it's quite, quite, gone quite dark. Yeah. So, so uh, which is this song is very good, isn't it? It's very. I love the synths in this one. Quite chunky, quite repetitive, quite Kylie actually. A little bit sort of um, light years. No. Fever. Fever. Yeah, and the, there are lyrics in this one about spinning around as well. So it's quite apt. apt. Love a little tie in there. Lyrically, I like the lines of. Wanted a cowboy by my side, wanted a rodeo. Is it rodeo or Romeo? Well, rodeo is where you go to see a cowboy. Oh, yeah, or is it Romeo? You Romeo. are a fan of a rodeo, though, aren't you? Oh, yeah, booking Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw you on that, you had your jean hot pants on and you were swinging that hat around like, like Edie Britt on uh, Dead Oh, Dead that was the, the, uh, the, the um, Wild West night we went to and you had those uh, bottomless chaps. <laughs> No, I had a bottomless brunch. <laughs> We're wearing assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Track number nine now, this is Got To Get Away. So that was Got To Get Away there. Now, Dan, I know you're not the biggest fan of this track, but I really like it. A very catchy chorus. I think for me, it just verges too much on that kind of... The, there's hints of a rockier side on, as mentioned, on Looking For Someone and I'm On Fire. For me, it's just the the guitars are turned up a bit too much and the synths are turned down a bit too much. Um, and is that an acoustic guitar I can hear in there as well? Yes. I wouldn't expect that in a Bananarama song, would you? And it's a little bit, it's got a country twang to it as a result. Mm. Back, back at the rodeo. Yes. Mm. So we're on to the last track of the album now. Uh, and this is On Your Own. Great time to talk about the fantastic artwork oh. on this album. Um, I love this album, but I don't like this track so much. Uh, and the artwork, it's very simple. It's the two ladies, lovely ladies, uh, lying down, heads together, uh, with Bananarama in stereo, in a very, quite a basic font, font watch. Quite classic, maybe. Um, but it's just all about them, isn't it? Yeah, and I did read that the girls were styled by one of their daughters. I do apologise, I forget which. This, this podcast isn't really made on facts, but um, that's lovely to keep it in the family. Uh, but Dan, you do like this. I love this song. I think it's a really beautiful, dreamy ending. And funnily enough, I was slagging off the acoustic guitar a minute ago, but it's quite lovely in here. It's got a bit of flamenco edge to it. Oh, very contradictory, man. Mm, I'm uh... Wildly inconsistent. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful way to end it as well. You wouldn't really imagine Banana Rama ending an album, particularly one with as many bangers as this, on a more sombre note. But I think they do it wonderfully. I think it's quite dreamy. I think the vocals are great. Um, yeah, lovely. More for me. Well, I think it's petered out. No, no, he's not in. He's not here. He's not in the country. So that's the album proper. Dan, we've got some further listening. We do, and... As we're doing with all of our albums of the year, we are keeping it to the year, to the, to the album in question. Uh, with a slight twist this time, it's, we're still celebrating Banana Rama's 2019. Um, so they released a live album quite recently called Live in Stereo, lovely title there, which was a recording of the Manchester date of their intimate tour from earlier this year. So we thought let's each choose a song from there. Um, and ideally, it's obviously heavily made up of tracks from Instereo, but ideally not a track from Instereo. Well, you've made it very easy for me in that case, because I'm going to have to go with their live version of my favourite, Love Cubs. <laughs>
so that was Love Comes. Uh, that was uh, the lead single from their second... Uh, no. That was the lead single from their second most recent album, Viva Bananarama. Viva Bananarama. And I love that. It's just a pure disco pop. Very camp, very uh, high energy. Uh, brilliant for running to, I have to say. Yeah? Yeah. Top Love Comes, for you. Will Runs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I have, must mention a, a, a comment I read on Twitter in relation to this album, live in stereo. Uh, and it said, uh, I love Bananarama, but I bet that they I bet they sit there and cackle like witches every night at the thought they've managed to persuade people to buy their live albums. How rude. What on earth is meant by that? I do not know. I only imagined, but... Uh, Yes, the things you read on the internet. Mm, all sorts of slander. Dan, what have you gone for? Well, if I could just talk about Love Comes for a second. Oh, sorry, yeah, we have got into the song. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a great song. I would actually call it a bit more Eurodance. I think I mentioned it before. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the Viva album was that, wasn't it? And there's a few covers on there as well. There was a cover of Rapture, which was great. Not the Blondie one, the... Um, what was it like? I.I.O. or something? Oh, yeah, I.O. I.O. And if we're lucky, you'll listen to that on your own a bit later. <laughs> so, my track from this album is going to be Feel For You. That's one of my favourite songs from Drama. Yes, which was, of course, the album that came before Viva. And I have to say, the set list for this show, or this run of shows, was a real... This was aimed at the diehard fans and not just, you know, not the the festival playlist that we got to hear at Mighty Hoopla and Glastonbury. This was album tracks and um, not as well-known singles. Um, This was an album track itself. Uh, But, yeah, quite, quite nice, quite electronic... Uh, quite dreamy again, actually, this one. And they definitely, thinking about Glastonbury and the Mighty Hoopla, they definitely played a different set list. They played more of the classic songs at Glastonbury and less of the newer stuff. Yes, they did, yeah. Which is the right thing to do. Mm, Know your audience. Yes. Uh, What a lovely way to bring this uh, Bananarama episode to an end. You're not going to say the catchphrase? We're We're out out of of time. time. In unison, like Bananarama. (laughs) So, that has been our run through In Stereo by Bananarama. Do let us know what you thought at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And that was our third favourite album of the year. Uh, two more to go mm-hmm. as we inch ever closer to Christmas. It's just around the corner. Baby, it's Christmas. Father Christmas is on his way. Mm-hmm. Have you been a good boy this year? You, I'll let you be the judge uh, of that. No. Okay. Uh, and Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to who is at the number two spot? Certainly. So it is, well, every one of the top five so far is an artist that we've spoken about previously this year. And this is no exception. It is a Northern Irish trio. And I was going to leave it at that. That's quite vague, isn't it? Oh, yes. But, but maybe not. If you're a regular listener, then maybe it's not too hard to work out. And if you're not a regular listener, if this is your first episode, do What a please. strange choice. Yeah, first of all, 
Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Secondly, do go back because there are about 70 plus other episodes, including Banana Rama's drama, um, available on Apple Podcasts and various other places. And if you do listen, and even just the fact that you listen to this one, in the spirit of the season, we would love a little rating and a review, wouldn't we, Will? It'd be the icing on the Christmas cake. Mm. You like a fruitcake? Uh, I'd rather have a uh, Yule log. Yeah. So, until next time, I've been Rod Thomas. And I've been Siobhan Fahey. Goodbye. Goodbye.